Welcome to Happily Ever After is just the beginning. Keeping your relationship not just together, but happy, and we mean truly happy, is part art and part science. You've come to the right place. Here's your host, Leslie Dorries. You know, one of the questions I get asked all the time is, what is the secret to a lasting, loving, successful marriage? And to be honest, most people actually think it is love. That it is, and that's almost always the answer that I get when I ask clients why they get married. I'm told, because we were in love. And you know, I'm a big fan of love, and it certainly has its place in a happy marriage. But the reality is, the hard truth is that love is not enough. If it really were enough, the divorce rate wouldn't be so high, and many marriages that do last would be a whole lot happier. So, if it isn't love, what is it? My guest, fellow marriage and family therapist and life coach John Kim, is here to talk about what he's learned about the answer to this question. And John, thank you so much for coming back on the show and talking about this because, like I said, when I read your article, I went, oh my gosh, this is it. <laughs> thank you for having me. Yeah, I think it's an, I think it's an important conversation, so I, I appreciate you wanting to uh, just you know talk about this and shed some light. So let's not let's not keep anybody in suspense any longer. What it what have you found to be the most important factor in relationships and why? Um, yeah, you're right. I think most people the the default answer would be love, but I think it's the two R's. I think it's respect and resiliency. Mhm. And I think respect is kind of the foundation, and I know we're going to talk about what respect means, but it's the soil to everything. And you know that saying um, that respect is earned or has to be earned? Um, right. In, in relationships, uh, no, I think in relationships, it's a foundation. It's uh, Without it, there's no, like, a ticket to get on the plane to head toward love, you know? Well, yeah, because if you think about, I mean, now, if we take out, which is a hard thing to do, just take out the biological um, imperative that we have to procreate and and that lust feeling that we get you know which everybody associates with love which it's not it's not the same thing but that right. you know rip your clothes off let's 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 get to it kind of you know hot chemistry um, yeah. which can be terribly misleading but anything else if if we talk to people about what they love about their partner or their friends there's always this element of respect right. and you know and I don't think people talk about it that much and so when I read um, your definition and I'm going to read it in just a minute you know when I'm reading this definition because I've always had a real hard time with this well in in great marriages there's unconditional love and I'm going oh I, I'm you know unconditional love is I've always thought maybe if it exists it's parent to child and even there right. I'm not sure it exists <laughs> right right um, and I think we get caught up in this in that unconditional that there's nothing that you can do that will ever you know, bother me but I but when I read your definition of respect that's what struck me is that this is what people are talking about. You when can't love someone unconditionally. unconditionally. Yeah, you can't love someone unconditionally if they if they don't have respect you. Right, and and you I know? think that's where a lot of people get into trouble is because 
you know, they, they confuse those two. It's like one of the things that people tell me when they stop loving their partner it's because they stopped respecting them. Yeah, and and you know when you stop respecting someone, it's not just love. It's like the chemistry changes, and what you were just talking about before the uh, the lust, the you know tearing each other's clothes off. None of that happens if you don't respect the other person. Which is, which is especially, why I'm wondering why we don't talk about this. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and then you know then then it's lined with guilt and shame because you're you're feeling guilty that you're not um, you know loving hard enough or you know your piece of the relationship etc. But I, that's why I think it really goes down back to respecting soil that's going to produce love. Right, and in in the article, the, and by the way, this is on Psychology Today, and it's called the most important um, factor in relationships, and you talk about why this is important and you talk about that respect leads leads to trust Mm -hmm. which leads to a safe space which leads to a healthy relationship sure I think it's a process and and by the way respect it's not something that I think I actually did a poll on Facebook and it was um, a hundred something people responded you know it was a very simple question what's the most important factor in a relationship and I thought it was going to be you know communication all these other things but it ended up being respect (laughs) respect was the number one answer Right, and and it is so it is so important that I think people don't always recognize that. And you also point out that part the reason why you think it showed up is because it's what people didn't have in a relationship, and and right. it's kind of like you know um, a need of deprivation that I only know yeah. that it's necessary when I'm not getting it. <laughs> Right, exactly. And obviously them not getting it left some kind of uh, imprint <laughs> that was memorable, probably not positive. Right. And that's why they're, they're saying that, you know what, it's respect now, it's respect. That's what I need, that's what I, that's what I know. So I want to read the definition that you put in the article because, like I said, it's, it's the piece that grabbed me. Mm-hmm. So you said, respect means no one has power or authority over someone else. It means we don't have to agree with someone to love them. Respect means to give someone space to have their own opinions and journey. Love that one. Respect means to let go, accept, not judge, don't react, don't control, let be, let grow. Yeah, I mean, I love this. And finally, you say respect means to not place your definitions on someone else. It means to work on your own issues, and respect means to have your own safe life container. I mean, wow. it was like this needs. I don't. This needs to go out to every person in the universe, John. I mean, yeah, no, seriously. I'm, I'm just saying, wow, because it's so long. Um, but I was trying to be thorough with the definition. Yeah. You know? Well, and I and I love this because this is where people get into trouble. Is well, yeah. what happens because they get very uncomfortable when their partner doesn't agree with them. Right. Right. Because it, it means something about them, you know, like <laughs> if I like red and you like blue, then, then I get uncomfortable because it means what's wrong with me. Right. It, and instead of respecting the fact that you like blue and that's okay. Right, but it's just an is, you know, I, and I, I right. need to look this up because I've said this before and I cannot remember who said this, but somebody said that if two people agree on everything, one of them isn't necessary. <laughs> Which again, <laughs> well, one I of love, them isn't you know. being honest. That's, that's right. True. Well, yes, one of them definitely isn't being honest, but, and being able to let go and accept and not judge. I mean, these are all the things that if you list unconditional love, that's what people want. Mm-hmm. 
but it really comes down to respect. And so we, you were talking about that it goes into respect, trust, safe space. So is that why respect is so important? Yeah, I think it's, you know, it's the thought. I think, so imagine what you can try to build without it. So if there isn't respect and there isn't a safe space, there isn't um, people being okay with your opinions, you know, so without respect, there's going to be control and it might be very subtle. Without respect, there's going to be uh, no room for you to be authentically you, you know, so then now there's uh, room for codependency, there's room for meshment, there's room for two people kind of being one person instead of two unique individual people that are coming together to build something. And there's also room for abuse because oh, this, yeah, is yeah, almost, yeah, this is almost when I read this, this is the classic definition of not being um, allowed to be yourself, have your own opinions, um, not being allowed to be your own person and certainly not safety. There's absolutely no safety in abusive relationships. Right. And, right. you know, and, and I think it, you know, and I think that this is happens when people think about abuse, they think about physical abuse, and which is bad enough, but a lot of the abuse that goes on is emotional. I mean, I had a client years ago who um, he, he was verbally abusive to his wife, sometimes in my presence, which was like, mm-hmm. really, seriously. And I said to her one day when we were by ourselves, I said, the first time he called you a bitch, why was it okay? Mm-hmm. And she looked at me and she said, well, it wasn't. I said, well, 12 years later, he's still doing it. So... Right. At some point in time, there was permission given. Yeah, absolutely. And and, and I don't mean that she deserved it in any way. Yeah. Because if the person is like, well, you were okay with it when I called, called it to you the first time. Why, why, do, why do you have a problem with it now? Right. As, I mean, because I've had people say this to me. It's like, well, if he hit you, if, if he or she hit me, I'd walk away. It's like, well, they're mm-hmm. verbally hitting you. Yeah, I think... The emotional abuse is more damaging. I think, mm-hmm. um, you know, when you're being abused but you don't even know it or you're not even aware of it, I think that stuff is dangerous. It's like um, it's like tear gas that's leaking that you're, you know. Um, the physical abuse is obvious, and that I'm not saying that's less damaging, but because you're very aware of it because it's obvious, um, there, there's these red flags that go up. But when there's emotional abuse or someone's assessing your character, you know, there's so much room for us to, to minimize it or to ignore it. And it's like it's like the, the poisonous gas we don't smell that's leaking. Right. And and I've actually done a lot of work with with domestic violence and the victims actually would tell me that they would actually rather be hit because at least the bruises yeah. healed. The the emotional abuse was the worst part. Yeah, and, and And again, nobody deserves to be abused, but you talk about um, the people who'd responded to the survey and talked about that if they'd been in a relationship where respect was missing, that there was some kind of a compromise um, affecting them and their beliefs about themselves. And mm-hmm. you talk about, and I love this, you forget that respect isn't an option, that it's standard. You know, it's like, and yeah. that's, but how do we figure this out? Well, I think it always, always goes back to the relationship you have with yourself. And I think that if you are in a relationship where you are disrespected and you know that you are, but you're still with the person, that says something about the relationship you have with yourself. That says something about what you believe you deserve um, and what you're willing to um, compromise 
on, mm-hmm. you know? And so relationships are, of course, about compromise, but they're never about compromising self. Yeah, I like to talk about relationships being about negotiation, not necessarily about compromise. <laughs> right, sure. <laughs> because be, just, just, and I get really hung up on specific words because for me, words have meaning. And we tell people, it's mm-hmm. like, well, you give up something, I give up something, we'll meet somewhere in the middle. But sometimes you can't. But we're supposed to. We're told that. That's what the experts right. say. You know, relationships require compromise. But they, like you said, they don't necessarily talk about what compromises are okay. You know, what we're having for dinner, okay, that might be okay as long as I'm not allergic to it. Yeah. But some of these other things, we there is no compromise on. Yeah, and that that goes to, you know, the core. I mean, yeah, you could compromise on, you know, dinner and, and all these other things and, you know, preferences on the core and whatever, but you can't compromise on things that have to do with your core and who you are. You can't compromise on someone um, assassinating your character or, you know, not creating a safe space for you to to thrive. You know, if someone's not championing your story, you what, what's the point of being in uh, building something with someone? Because they're so hard. Relationships are so hard. You know? <laughs> well, yeah, they're challenging under the best of circumstances. And so, you know, one of the things that is difficult for people to understand that even though falling in love, being, you know, starting off a relationship can be easy, it's what happens when you run into those differences. When yeah. it's like, hmm, I'm not quite sure about what this means, but there may not necessarily be a mechanism to talk about that. And I think that's what you talk about, about having the safe space and being able to feel safe enough to share, you know, hey, I'm a little, I'm a little worried about this or you, something you said last week is sticking with me and I'm wondering if I could get some more information <laughs> versus, mm-hmm. oh, I got to keep my mouth shut because if I open my mouth, they won't like it and they're going to leave. Right. So, the, but, but that has to do with one's own fear of being abandoned or whatever. Um, and, you know, so the, the other piece of this is sticking up for yourself and demanding the respect. A lot of people um, just expect the other person to give them respect and if they don't then that's okay you actually have to demand it you know not ask for it but demand it this is, this is where I draw the line if you're not respecting me then I'm not, that I can't be with you right and then that brings into the whole conversation boundaries which I want to hold off on because that's really an important thing and also can be challenging for a lot of people so yeah. This is Happily Ever After is just the beginning on webtalkradio.net. I'm Leslie Dorries, and I'm talking with fellow marriage and family therapist and coach John Kim about the most important factor for a successful relationship. And if respect or love has gone missing in your relationship, then you really know deep down your relationship's in trouble. Mm. And But it doesn't have to be that way. It can be turned around, but not if you keep doing the same old thing. So if you're ready to have a better relationship, and if you're really ready to do something different, then I invite you to take action now. Give me a call or shoot me an email and take advantage of my free, no obligation, create your happily ever after marriage strategy session. You can reach me at Leslie, L-E-S-L-I, at 
foundationscoachingnc.com. That's F-O-U-N-D-A-T-I-O-N-S, coaching, and as in Nancy, C as in Charlie.com. Or you can give me a call at 919-924-0463. Now, I want to get back to this conversation about boundaries because boundaries really are about respect. Mm -hmm. That, you know, I, I say to you, this is not okay. And you will either accept that or you're going to push back on me because you right. don't necessarily like that I've said this is not okay. And then, and therein is where the problem starts because what I do next will tell you whether or not I'm serious. Yeah. Or, or also will t- tell whether or not um, you're self-aware or if you have emotional intelligence or you have capacity, you know, all those things, where you're at in your journey. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I mean, and people think about boundaries as, when I talk about them, people go, oh, I can't do that. The other person will be upset. And I said, well, first off, that's their problem, not yours. And second off, that's not the purpose. The, pr- the boundaries are for you. It's to protect you. It's not, you're not doing something to somebody else. I mean, it's sort of like I, I ask people, I said, well, do you lock your car? And they'll say, yes. I said, well, that's a boundary because you're telling them, right. you're telling the world, this is my car. I want it to be here when I come back. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Nobody seems to think, you know, I'm not doing something to somebody who wants to drive my car. Right. You know, going back to this idea of having a safe container, mm-hmm. um, I, I think that boundaries create that safe container. And whenever your your boundaries are blurry or when you're draw, drawing your boundaries in, in chalk instead of Sharpie, you're allowing that container to crack or put cracks in it, and that's always going to stunt your growth. Mm-hmm. Um, and it doesn't matter what we're talking about, um, relationships, addiction, whatever. Um, but if you're able to draw boundaries and you and and you're able to create a safe space for yourself then growth is organic you know and I think that the reason why we can't draw boundaries or we don't is because it all comes down to our belief in what we're worth you know and I think we compromise who we are and what we're worth because um, a lot of times we don't believe that we deserve or we'll just take what we can get you know all that stuff Right. I get a lot of, well, I'd rather be with this person than by myself, which is like, okay, please explain that because they're really being awful to you. Or, you know, I have, you know, well, they're they're male and breathing. And it's like, well, okay, if that's your standard, (laughs) then, you know, then that's what you're going to get. And it's hard. And it's hard to work through this because this isn't something we learn in school. It's not, nobody gives us a class on love and respect. I think they should, (laughs) but yeah, of course, high school for sure. I think, um, it's a, all this stuff is a practice. And that's the other thing is you don't just one day, if you're not used to drawing boundaries, you don't just one day wake up and you draw, draw, you're drawing boundaries left and right. You have to, you know, start, it's heavy lifting. You got to start slow and light and then work yourself up to, to have the ability to say no. And you know, what's really difficult is when you actually like the person. So when you're actually attracted to the person, when, Uh you know, the person moves you, that's it because then you don't want to mess that up. So you're allowing more room for, you know, compromising self and it's hard to draw boundaries. Yeah, my poor daughter used to get a used to get this all the time because you know, was doing what I do for a living. I would tell her, I said, if somebody ever says to you, "If you love me, you'll do this," mm-hmm. whatever, That's fill yeah. in the blank. I said, your response is, "If you loved me, you wouldn't ask." <laughs> like, yeah. I mean. Great. You know, because that's where it starts, because it's like, oh, well, 
you know, how do I stand in my own self and still be connected to this person that I care about? Because, again, that's scary. I might say something they don't like. Yeah. Which, by the way, is going to happen if you're with anybody for any length of time. Right. And, what, um, I mean, what does it mean if someone doesn't like you? And that's kind of, for most people, it means everything. Mm-hmm. You know, and, well, and because, students. Well, because they don't necessarily think it's about the other person. I mean, what was that book? He's just not that into you. <laughs> you know, or it's about me, not you. And, and in most cases, it really is about the other person. Because if you have to change who you are to be with them, it's not going to last anyway. Yeah. Because we can't maintain that. But I want to ask, because first, how, are there ways that somebody can tell if respect is present in their relationship, and if it isn't, is there a way to get it back? Yeah, I think one of the biggest um, red flags are to know that maybe you're not being respected or there isn't respect in a relationship is if you start to feel unsafe. I think that's the first. So whatever reason why. So if you're feeling unsafe because, I don't know, they're acting inappropriate with other women or or men or they are, Mm -hmm. you know, doing something or not, you know, maybe they're hiding you or whatever it is. If you're feeling unsafe, then, then it, it might be uh, there's a high chance of tight to respect, meaning there's respect lacking. And how do you get it back? Uh, you ask for it. <laughs> you, you demand it. Like, I know it sounds simple, but you do. It's not like you don't leave hints. You don't, uh, you know, compromise on it. You say, uh, I, you know, I wouldn't say that you are not respecting me because you're going to get a pushback, you're going to get defense. I of would course, say that right. I'm, I'm feeling disrespected. I'm curious why. I don't know how much of that is me and how much of that is you, but I'm feeling disrespected. And so if they care about you, they're going to um, care about that and they're going to you know, start exploring what am I doing to make you feel disrespected. And then as a couple, if you guys explore that, um, then you guys can you know, uh, build and, 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 and earn each other's respect together you know, and it can be a positive thing. Right, because you know sometimes we will find out things about our partner, or you know even you know, even about myself, where I'm not have done something that I'm not particularly proud of, and I don't necessarily want my partner to know about it because it can change their view of me. Um, but that's but then I'm living in fear all the time of yeah. oh my gosh, what if this person finds out or. Right. You know, and again, I think it's creating that that sense of um, inauthenticity, that hiding, that I'm I'm a chameleon, or I'm not really being true to myself. And I know a lot of people think this whole authenticity kind of thing is is um, too woo woo, touchy feely, mumbo jumbo kind of stuff, but. You know, if we think about the people who we really admire, they're usually people who are comfortable in their own skin. And it's not that they don't care what other people think, but they care more about being who they are. And if you like them, great. And if you don't, that's okay, too. (laughs) I'm just curious, how do we get to be those people? Um, it's it, again, it's that connection with yourself. It's the relationship with self. I, I really think this is an inside out process, not mm-hmm. an outside in, you know, and that's a journey. I mean, I'm 44 and I 
you know, finally kind of like myself. <laughs> um, and it took years, you know. I was definitely the person who cared what everyone thought about, who was seeking validation and approval, always exchanging my truth for membership. And um, I'm, I no longer do that. I don't care. I mean, here's the other thing. It, it, if everyone likes you, then no one likes you. So, like, you have That's to have people that don't like yeah, you have to have people that don't like you to know that there are some people that, who love you, you know, whatever you're doing or who you are, et cetera. Right, because there are some people you don't want to be around because there's something about them that you don't care for. So it's actually okay for somebody to feel that way about you. Of course, the challenge is, is that we all think we're terrific. <laughs> and, and it's those people, however we want to define, you know, those people over there who aren't anything like me. And then, of course, that also brings up the whole idea of that there's actually something about those people that you see in yourself that you don't like. So it's better to stick it on them instead of look at ourselves. Um, because what's something you said a little bit ago, which I thought was really important, and I want to go back to, and it's this idea, and it's the what's behind the people pleasers, the people who just can't ever seem to plant their own flag in the ground, Yeah, is that they're actually looking outside themselves to fill a hole that's in themselves. Sure. Yeah, I think we do a lot of that. We fill holes with um, that, but also we fill holes with food. We fill our mm -hmm. holes with um, work. We fill our holes with a a lot of stuff. Right, and it's easier to go there than it is to deal with these painful and emotionally painful areas. But that's really the only place that we have to make our lives better because yes there are certain things that obviously we need a certain amount of um food clothing shelter to be just to be able to survive but after that everything else really is what we create inside and so when people are out looking for you know the you know prince on the white horse who's going to come and take them away or the you know be the beautiful girl who once I just find the right girl everything will fall into place seamlessly that's that externalization and and on some level we'll attract that prince or that princess when we're honest with who we are about ourselves right right <laughs> as opposed to yeah okay come rescue me <laughs> yeah absolutely I think also when you are, um, you know, I talk a lot about attracting versus chasing. And I Mm -hmm. think that when when you're seeking approval, validation, um, when you are exchanging your truth for membership, you're in a chasing state, not in an attracting state, which is always, the chasing state is always what will make you powerless, and attracting will always make you feel uh, power-filled. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so any advice, because I know this is what you and I do, and you know, when I, when I work with couples, I basically say, okay, you need to focus on you and your partner needs to focus on them and stop looking at each other because that's not where the answer is. <laughs> mm-hmm. But it's so easy because I've got a built-in scapegoat, and if it's, if it's my partner, then I'm off the hook. But what are some ways that people can start this journey? Because it's really scary. I mean, some people look at this, and it's kind of like the person who needs to lose 100 pounds. Right. That's right. overwhelming. <laughs> it's like, oh, my gosh. But he's just like, okay, let's just work on walking an extra 10 steps. 
I think the first step is to um, turn your dial to curiosity instead of judgment or blame. Uh, because what's going to happen is if you start, if you realize you're in a relationship that is abusive or disrespectful, etc., there's going to be this panic, and you're going, there's going to be a lot of shame and judgment. Uh, you're going to put the mm-hmm. you know the gun on you. Um, so when you turn your dial to curiosity, then you'll start asking why questions, and I think that softens the blow. So you know, first take a black light to your relationship and ask yourself if you're if feeling unsafe, and if you're feeling unsafe then you start asking yourself to get very curious about it so instead of blaming or hating or judging um, start asking yourself why you're feeling unsafe and where it's coming from uh, because maybe some of it's you you know maybe it's not the other person so I think that uh, starts the process you know and I think that's an important point because one of the things that I hear all the time and being unsafe, people think about being physically unsafe, and they'll go, oh, well, I'm not, af- I'm not afraid my partner's ever going to physically hurt me. But I think if you ever have this thought run through your head, it's the beginning of being unsafe. And that thought is, I can't tell my partner that, mm. or I'm afraid to tell my partner that, Right. whatever that might be. And to me, that's a big, okay, I don't feel safe enough in this relationship to, to share that with my partner. And then that's, I yeah. think, a good place to, to look at. Sure. Absolutely. Where to go. Well, I can't believe that this time has passed so fast because yeah. I love talking to you. <laughs> and again, oh, you. Um, so, John, tell people where they can find out more about... You know, me and what write, I do? <laughs> yeah, you write a lot, and you write a lot of really yeah. good stuff, you know. Oh, um, and, you know, it's like the number one important re- relationship skill, the most important factor yeah. in a relationship, all these things that people want the answers to, and you put it out very clearly. So where can they find you? Um, on Instagram, The Angry Therapist. Um, you can find me on my website, theangrytherapist.com, um, or also um, our company, Shift. So it's shft.us. And there you could find articles, and you could find one on one coaching, whatever you need, tribes. Um, it's kind of a wellness platform for anything that you're going through. So. Well, and again, I think it's all great. And, you know, as I've said before, I've always struggled with this concept of unconditional love. But now mm-hmm. I recognize it as respect. And so mm-hmm. it makes it much easier for me to wrap my head around it. So, yeah. So basically, yeah. You know, because you know, to, to me, this unconditional, it's like I, I can't, I just don't see that. But respect is, to me, so clear. And, and I think it's that if people right. can focus on the respect part, then it's going to make it a lot easier. And so to be honest, if there isn't respect in your relationship, the love is actually in a lot of danger. And the place, yeah. as John says, the place that respect starts is with you. So if you don't require it, not ask for it, but require it, sure. who will? So go, look, go check out um, John's stuff. Keep listening. And until next week, stay loving. Oh.